All right, why don't you grab your seats? And uh, man, as we have a day of celebration for dads, if you want to tell someone right now that they're a dad, maybe you want to reveal a secret pregnancy result, this is a great time to do so. It's a day of connections, and so why don't you grab your seats? And I'm excited, I'm excited. Well, hey, you guys might have noticed that we're giving away free shish kebab skewer sets for every dad or dad figure in the house. Come on. We also have two propane fireplace things that you can do outside and have easy fires and not smell like smoke. Just turn in the knob, get in fire. We're giving away one per service. And uh, I'm excited. Who wants to win one of those things? That thing is sweet. I just got one and it has changed my life. I'm like, want a fire? Oh, done. <laughs> Don't want a fire? Scatter, scatter the propane? No. Just turn the knob. And so right now we are going to go into a really fun competition. It's kind of a tradition around here at Kalos Church Father's Day celebration. How many of you were at Father's Day last year? Awesome, awesome. Wow, 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 wow. Well, we, we had our power go out and had no sound system. And we had, for the first time ever, uh, a little segment we like to call Dad Jokes, where there's going to be a competition. So band, you can play behind me. And so we have dad jokes, and so they've prepared four of their best dad jokes. And so let's meet our first comp contestant. And what is your name, sir? Phil. And you are a dad to what? Two soon-to-be three children. Woo! Wow, well done. Well, hello, Phil. And you have a microphone. Oh, yes, yes. And you are a, a dad Jay, to what? Dad to uh, Mr. Kyron Hansen. He's three and a half years old. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. So this is going to be like a rap battle, but with jokes. So we'll have a joke and then a chance to respond. Chance to respond. And we'll have four jokes between... I mean, eight jokes all together. They'll go back and forth. And then that's when you come in. At the end, you're going to have to applaud for what jokes you think is the winner. Does that make sense? Do you guys understand the instructions? OK. And it's not, not just that. The winner is going to get a real gold medal. Real gold? Like, like feel real how gold. heavy that is. How heavy is bling, that? Bling, bling. Is it real? Can you verify it's real? Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Such, such a dad. So if you do not like puns, you will not like this church. <laughs> if you make bad jokes, I'm pretty confident that the audience will punish you. Oh. oh. All right. Can we give these contestants a round of applause? As Dad Jokes, part two, year 2019 begins. All right, Phil, let's start with you. Jay. Yes. What type of phone did Delilah have? A Samson. Oh! That was pretty good. Some hesitant applause. That was pretty good. All right, All right Phil, um, what do you call an indecisive B? A maybe. Oh. <laughs> you know what, Jay? I got something for you. What was Eve's favorite food? Ribs. Oh. 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 
That's Genesis 1 humor. Well, well, uh, well Phil, uh, how do you find uh, Will Smith in the snow? You got to look for the Fresh Prince. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is heating up. Why did they allow Jesus to join two fraternities? Because he's the Alpha and the Omega. You're not allowed to ruin my jokes. <laughs> it's a real battle. Okay, you can't right. do this. I'll be in my trailer. All right, all right Phil. Uh, what do you call the fake noodle? An impasta. <laughs> you are ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Was that joke four? That was three. Three. All right. Here this we go. This is my joke four. Why wasn't Jesus allowed in any jewelry shops? Shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, let, let the man joke. I don't know. You know why? Because they were afraid he was going to break every chain. Oh, 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 oh. Break every chain. Break every right, chain. Uh, hey, hey, we should just end yeah. it. I got one more. Come on. You can't, you gotta, I can't be Jesus. Come on now. But I, I'll just tell you something. This morning for breakfast, I, I ate a clock. It was time consuming. But, uh, but I went back for seconds. Whoa. All right, now it's time to choose a winner. Oh my goodness. You guys, but you, can we give it up for both our contestants before each choose a winner? These are good. You give, you give love a dad name. All right, so are you guys ready? So, all right, drum roll, please with all of us. All right, if you think Phil's the winner, round of applause. Wow, okay, good job. If you think Jay's the winner, round of applause. And the winner is Phil! All right, you guys make up. You guys make up. Make up. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. One love. One love. Good game. One love. <laughs> Dad jokes. Second year ever. I think that was a great success. Well, I'm excited because we got Pastor Amrita in the house. And so let the sermons begin. All right. Well, man, that was this. That's tough to follow. Dad jokes are uh, so funny. They're actually not funny, right? That's why they're funny, uh, because they're just kind of corny funny. And so um, that was just super fun. And I'm so excited to be preaching this morning. I have been on maternity leave, folks. Uh, had a baby, and I'm so excited to be back. In fact, this is the first and last Sunday that I will ever preach in the W Hotel. Isn't that funny? And uh, so uh, that actually segues into me wanting just to give you an update, church, on uh, our new venue change that is happening very soon. Um, those of you maybe that weren't here before, we are actually changing venues uh, here in July as a church. And um, the reason being is the NFL 
is uh, gonna take over this space on Sunday mornings. So they, I think that they like are here in rooms and that they come, they have breakfast and pretty was talking about maybe them stretching or like who knows what they do on Sunday mornings in a ballroom at a hotel. But we decided not to fight the NFL, okay? <laughs> We decided, hey, NFL, come. We'll go. We'll go somewhere else. We'll have church. We will worship the Lord uh, wherever. And so I just want to give you an update and tell you that we are so close. We are this close to uh, announcing our new venue. And so let me just tell you this. We actually have offers on the table. We've got some venues that are actually fighting for our business, wanting us to come as a church. Isn't that cool? That that company's business. Yeah, you can give God a round of applause for that. They want us to come. They want us to worship Jesus in their space and give them some money to do so. And so, um, <laughs> let's be real. So anyway, uh, we are so close. We've got a lot going on. And we're, you know what? We're just being prayerful and picky. I was thinking about that this morning. We want to be a little bit picky. We got kids ministry. We want to take care of the kids at our new venue. We want to take care of you guys. We want to have a worship space that really we can worship the Lord, all that stuff. So we, I don't have an announcement yet for you on the location, but it is coming. In fact, I really think that we will probably make that decision this week. Uh, we're looking to do that. We're waiting for a couple emails, a couple offers uh, here in this, here on Monday morning, actually. So would you guys just pray with us? Continue to pray with us that we would have uh, just a wonderful church home uh, that we can stay at for a while. We don't want to move again for a while. So thank you for being flexible and going with us on the journey of portable church and changing our venues. Isn't that good? Okay, let's give God a round of applause one more time. He is good. And he's taking care of us. Hey, and let me just tell you this. We are, it is, it is Father's Day. It is Father's Day. And Pastor Pretty Put and I keep joking around because uh, tomorrow is my birthday. And, um, okay, and actually it's so funny because um, yesterday uh, we celebrated a little bit. And then today's Father's Day. And then tomorrow is my birthday. Last year, my birthday was on Father's Day. So we didn't know whose day it was. Okay, this is like a fight in our house. And so Pradeepin is just like, I just get one day. And I'm like, babe, today is all you. So this morning I woke up, I said, happy Father's Day. And he said, happy birthday, Eve. Because he knows. So anyway, uh, it's just it's it's just really funny in our house. But we do want to celebrate dads today, and I'm excited to jump into the Word of God today because we're continuing our series in the Book of John through the summer. Some of you may have jumped into our reading plan with us. I'm so glad you are because what happens when you read with us in the Scriptures is then when we as pastors get up here and we preach the Word, you kind of are familiar with the stories, right? You're a little bit familiar with the scripture. And if you haven't jumped into our reading plan this summer, it's not too late. You can jump in at any point. You can go on our website. You can see where we're at and you can catch up. And so today we're actually going to dive in. And I love this story because the story in John chapter four that I'm going to preach about today is actually about a father. Isn't that amazing? The timing couldn't be any better. And so we're in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 43 to 54. Let's go ahead and dive in. Verse 43. After the two days he left for Galilee, after the two days of for Galilee, now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. 
They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, so they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick in Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed this was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. <clears throat> I love this passage, this scripture. I'm so excited about it. It's in my heart. I'm excited to preach it because here we have something really amazing, miraculous happening. So here Jesus was coming back to a town where he had performed his first miracle. He turned water into wine at a wedding. Pastor Prettyfoot preached about this last week. And all of a sudden, people are just sort of turning their heads and they're paying attention to this Jesus guy who's walking on the land saying that he is the son of God. And so they're paying attention, and he walks back into this small town, and all of a sudden, this royal official who works for the king himself leaves his post and comes to Jesus and says, will you heal my son? Now, you have to understand, this was in a small town. I grew up in a small town. How many of you grew up in small towns? And you know that everybody knows your business in a small town, okay? And so in a small town, this royal official goes up to Jesus, and there's a lot of people around. He says, will you heal my son? My son is sick. He's just so heartbroken for his son. And Jesus, realizing what's happening because the man re remembered him because he had turned water into wine, Jesus says, oh, I, I just, I, I didn't want you to only know me for my power and for, for my miraculous signs and wonders. I want, I want people to follow me and love me, follow the ways of Jesus because we have a, a good heavenly father. And so he replies to this guy, this royal official, and he says, oh man, unless, unless I perform signs and wonders, you know, you, you're not going to believe in me. But this dad didn't give up. I mean, I think he might have heard that, but you know when you're determined and you're just like, okay, 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 but I need you to heal my son. My son is dying. So he says to him again, he says, if you please heal him, he's sick, would you heal him? And Jesus says, go, go and he will live because Jesus is compassionate. Because Jesus, even though to wanting to make a point to the crowd, didn't, didn't want that, that father's son to die either. And so he says, go, and he will live. And so this man goes. He just takes God at his word. We're going to talk about that in a second. He goes, and on his way, can you imagine this? You're on your way. You think your son is dying. And his servants came to him and said, his fever broke. He's going to live. And the father says, well, when, when, when did that happen? When did you know? And he says, they say yesterday at about 1 o'clock. And the man realizes, that's when I was with Jesus. That's when I asked him if he would heal my son. 
And I just love the fight. I love the determination. I love the faith that this father possessed and that he demonstrated. And I think that there are some dads out there, there are some dads in this room who fight for their kids and who care for their children when they're sick, when they're hungry, when they're struggling. And uh, I think overall, if we're honest with ourselves on Father's Day, there's a lot of feelings that come up for us, right, on Father's Day, on Mother's Day. Some of us have awkward or painful experiences with fathers or just, there's just a gamut of things. Maybe you have a father that fought for you like this father. There's a lot of different things happening for us on days like today. And I think overall in our society, there can be a a kind of negative view about fathers and dads and fatherhood. And I was just actually reading some statistics. In 2017, actually there was a statistic out that said that 19 million children in our nation are living without a father. That's over one in four kids. There are 2 million single father households compared to 10 million single mother households. And I think that we as a society, we as a community, we are experiencing the effects of fatherlessness in our nation, right? Our kids struggle in school. There's a lot happening. There's violence. There's just different things that happen when we are a fatherless, uh, one in four fatherless generation, right? And as I was thinking about these statistics and I was thinking about preaching, I wanted to give my husband, the father to my children, a day off from preaching. I just became so grateful for the fathers out there like the one we just read about in the scriptures. Fathers out there that are committed to fatherhood, that are daily doing the work of fatherhood every day. And it makes me so thankful for them, and I'm inspired by them, and we're going to look at this father and the things that we all can be impacted with with this father. But before we do that, I want to give a little tribute to the father of our house. Can we just give it up for Pastor Pradeepan? He didn't know. He didn't know I was going to say this, but you know, I want you, I mean, usually on Sunday mornings, you know, we see this handsome fella up here who seems like an extrovert, but apparently is an introvert. Um, and he's looking good and he's preaching and he's strong and he's funny and he's up there. But I just want you guys to know that you got a good father here at this church who's leading us. This is a man who uh, is the same at home as he is here. And I tell you what, even this last week, I mean, this father was cleaning poop off the walls in our children's room. That is, it just happened. And even last night, I was getting ready to preach my sermon. Usually Saturday nights, we sermon prep. And I had a list, you guys, of things. I'm like, babe, I need you to get this stuff done before tomorrow. I can't do it. I'm preaching tomorrow. And so one of the things, one of the things on the list was, I said, so I actually went through the list because he couldn't read my handwriting anyway. That was the thing. And so we, uh, so I'm going through the list and I'm like, babe, this one, he goes, what is that? I go, I need you to cut the children's fingernails. And he's like, what? (laughs) 
He's like, I'm like, yeah. I mean, have you seen their fingers? I'm like, they're dirty underneath. You got to cut their fingernails. And I'm like, and like, I'm, this is actually a compliment to him, but I don't think he'd ever done that before. Um, but so I had, I, I was like, we have to use the special fingernail clippers. You know, you don't use adult fingernail clippers on little children. And so he cut the children's fingernails last night. And I tell you what, I wish I could have seen that because uh, I, I wish I would have like peeked in or something to see that happen. But I mean, there was no blood, no children were crying. And if you know, like three month old fingernails are like just tiny, like, like you don't even want to cut them. Like I've even, it's just, just hard. So anyway, I just wanted to give a quick tribute to Pastor Pradeepin, who is a father to my children, but also really a father here at our church, right? And uh, so I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for you fathers who have just given so much to your families. And today I'm dedicating this sermon to looking at the positive things, to encouraging you, to telling you that you are doing a really wonderful job. And I wonder if today you are a person who's had a, a dad that's fought for you. Maybe you're a new dad here today. In our next service, we have a friend coming who just had a baby, and uh, he's coming. Maybe you're not a father, uh, but you're going to be a father someday. You're looking forward to that. And uh, wherever you are, I just believe that we can all be so impacted by the father in this scripture. And so there's three things. There's three things today that I want to talk about, three things I want to look at, three things that I'm inspired by this father in the scripture, and that's this. We're going to look at the feelings of a father, the fight of a father, and the faith of a father. And this morning as we dive in, the, the first one, the feelings of a father, I just really tried to like get in there. When I read the Bible, I'll try to get in there, put myself in the shoes of what it must have been like for this father and his feelings. And uh, in verse 47, it says this, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived, remember he had done the water to wine miracle, so he heard that he was back, so he wanted to go to the miracle worker, he went to him, he went to him. Now, I just want to unpack this a little bit historically for you. This is a royal official who works for the king, who left his post in the middle of the day. Imagine leaving your job in the middle of the day because you hear Jesus is coming. You're just going. You don't ask your boss for a five-minute break. You just go because your son needs to live. So this man leaves his place of work. He approaches Jesus. Now, you have to understand Jesus was a carpenter who was claiming to be the son of God, and this man laid his reputation on the line, walked over to Jesus, and started talking to him and asking him to heal his son. And I just believe that what, what that meant even back then, man, that was a big deal for a royal official who was very important, who had status, who had money, who had a lot of things happening for him. An important person left his post to go talk to a carpenter. That must have, could have been absolutely humiliating. It really could have been jeopardizing. It really could have jeopardized not only his career, his job, but also his reputation. And I was thinking about humiliating things and dads and what dads will do, the feelings of a father to put yourself out there like that. And I was remembering some things that my dad did uh, that were pretty humiliating, only they weren't actually as humiliating for him as they were for me if we're honest. 
And uh, my dad was super overprotective. Any other people have overprotective dads? If you're a kid here, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rebecca just like, right here, right here, overprotective. And I think dads especially, like my dad, especially with us girls, we had just two girls, two boys in my family. With us girls, he was more overprotective even than he was with the boys. And um, it was, he was so protective. And I got to tell you, we lived in this, we lived in the country in small town Kansas. Okay, you're about to hear how country I actually am. And um, we lived in this house where uh, you, so much in the country on a dirt road where you can't actually see the neighbor's house. I mean, they're there, but we don't actually see each other because it's just so far in the country. We drive and we walk miles to get to each other's houses. And so um, one day I asked my dad, Dad, can I ride my bike to go visit Kate, my friend Kate? And he was like, no. And I was like, why? And he was like, because I don't want you to get hurt. I'm like, we live in the middle of nowhere. Nothing is happening here. You know, but he was afraid that something was going to happen all the time. And my friends would always ride their bikes to each other's house. I was like, Dad, please, I just really want to go to Kate's house. And so he finally gave in this day. And so I was like, okay. So I get on my bike, I'm leaving, and as I'm pulling out of the driveway, as I'm riding out of the driveway, I look back, my dad, kid you not, is standing on the porch with binoculars. <laughs> watching me ride to Kate's house. Thank God we lived a mile away from our friends. Cause that would have been humiliating. And I mean, I'm telling you, and even I would like keep riding and I would just look back, he was still there with those binoculars. <laughs> I don't know how powerful binoculars are, but I'm pretty sure he saw me all the way to Kate's house, okay? So overprotective. Not only that, this, okay, this is humiliating. My dad would, we, us kids, we had swim lessons. Like, we all had swim lessons. We knew how to swim, but he would make us, no joke, wear life jackets to the pool. He did not want his children to drown. I mean, can you imagine being in small town Kansas, being the brown girls who showed up with life jackets on <laughs> at the pool? Okay, that was humiliating. That was embarrassing, but my dad didn't care. It doesn't matter if you can swim. You wear that life jacket, don't you dare drown, and I will make sure that you don't drown, okay? And the last one, um, one time we were out we we were out late and we always honored our like curfew because we just knew dad would like go ballistic if we didn't and so we were out late and i think he just was getting nervous we still had a few minutes to get home and uh, my dad got in the car and started looking for us in the dark in the country Again, I don't know how you find us doing that. And, um, but I think it just like made him feel better. And so we are, uh, we, we get home, dad gets home and he goes, where have you guys been? And we were still within curfew and we were like, dad, we were at church. We were at church. He was like, oh, you were. And we were like, yeah, we were in the presence of God. There's not a safer place than to be in the presence of God. Okay? So, I mean, just the overprotectiveness, the feelings of a father are what we are talking about in this, uh, in this point. And sometimes I think we think of dads, we think they're strong. We think they don't have feelings. We don't see them cry a lot, maybe. Uh, we don't, uh, we, we just kind of think maybe they don't struggle with with insecurities or, you know, just feelings. But the truth is this dad had strong feelings for his son. And I celebrate that in you dads. 
We celebrate that in you. And whether you show your feelings, whether you don't, man, these dads, this dad had strong feelings. And, and, and when I look at this scripture, I realize this royal official, like I said before, he had money, he had status, he had everything. But you know what? When your kid gets sick, you realize you don't have everything. You realize you need help. And I just want to share this with you, parents, fathers, and parents. When you don't feel like you're enough for your children, remember you were never supposed to be. You were never supposed to be. And if, you, if you're a parent in the room, if you're a father in the room, you know that life doesn't always go your way. You know you can't control everything. So when your kid gets sick, when something happens, you realize, I, I, I have enough money, I have a house, but I don't have enough to heal my son. I need Jesus. I'm going to run to Jesus. And I want us to consider what that might be like for dads, to go and, and to say, I don't, I don't have everything that I need. That, that I wish I could do for my family, and so I, I, I'm going to go to Jesus. This man went to the right source. Jesus is our healer, and we need to recognize as parents, as fathers, that, that we were never supposed to have everything. Jesus is always helping us. He is behind us. He helped this father. Can I get a good amen to that? Second thing I see in this father is that this father uh, the fight of a father. This father fought. We're celebrating today the fight of the father. In verse 49, the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. And we have to realize that this is the second time he has asked Jesus to come and heal his son. Can you imagine the desperation in this father's voice? His son was on his deathbed. The sickness had already settled in, right? He was almost about to lose his life. And I want to challenge us. I want to talk about sickness in a little different way this morning. And I want us to look at this. And, I, and if you're a father here today and you say, Amrita, I don't have a relationship with my kids. And sickness, the absence, my, my absence has been a sickness in our relationship. Or my struggle with anger or my struggle. You know, maybe you feel like today as a father, the sickness has settled into your relationship with your kids. Or maybe today you're here and you are someone who doesn't really have a great relationship with your dad or there's pain when you think about your dad and you just say, Amrita, that, that door is kind of closed for me with my relationship with my dad. The sickness has settled in. But I want to tell you today, this dad, he didn't give up. He fought. He was a fighter. The fight of a father. And today, it is not too late. It is not too late for you to make amends with your children, to have true forgiveness. It is not too late to start a relationship maybe with the dad that hurts you so much. It is not too late. We all could use some fight that fathers have, that the, the fight that the father had in this scripture. And you know what? I have seen you guys some of the most broken family relationships because of Jesus come back together and be healed and be mended. It is not too late for forgiveness in your relationships. The fight of a father, I celebrate the fight in fathers. Uh, last summer, we've shared with you before, when our son was diagnosed with autism, man, I tell you what, my husband got his fight on. 
And uh, I'll never forget it. We, we, fight in, we fight for our kids in different ways, I think, as, as moms and dads. And my husband, he began to research and read and try to figure out how can we help our son, like the dad here in this story. How can I fight for my son? I can't give up on him when the world gives up on him. When something, a diagnosis or a label is placed on my son, I will fight for him. I will not give up, and I celebrate you, dads. I celebrate the fight that is within you. Jesus fought for us. If you've never heard the gospel, let me just tell you, he fought for us. He put his reputation on the line for you because he loves you, and he cares for you, and he is fighting for you. And that leads me into the last point here, the faith. The faith of a father. The royal official said, Sir, come down before he dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The father said, come, and Jesus said, go. And I love this because it says this, he took Jesus at his word. He took Jesus at his words. Do you realize that the father didn't even have to see the miracle before he took off? He started for home. He hadn't even seen the miracle yet, but he took off. And I tell you what, are you ready for this, church? Are you ready for this? Every week there's a rhyme that backs up a point that is powerful. I, in the family, am not, I am not the poet. I'm not the rhymer. But I went to the father of my house, the father of my children. I said, can you get a rhyme for me? to help illustrate this point. And I tell you what, here it is, people. Even if it feels absurd, you can take Jesus at his word. There you go. I even put his name there in case, in case you needed to remember who said that, who said those famous words. Even if it feels absurd, you can take Jesus at his word. The scripture says the father took Jesus at his word and he left. The father said, come. Jesus said, go. Your son will live. The faith of a father. This man had faith. And I want to tell you today, uh, you know, as he was walking, as he was looking to see his son, his faith was met with a miracle. The, his servants came to him halfway uh, down the road, and he said, they said, listen, hey, 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 the fever broke. The fever broke, and the guy said, well, what time? And he said, yesterday at 1 o'clock. And he said, that's when I was talking to Jesus, his faith. The Bible says we can't please God without faith. Faith is met with miracles. If you're struggling today, if, you, if God is asking you to believe him for something again, Maybe there was a death or a sickness in a relationship in your family or whatever that looks like. Would you have faith again? Because your faith will be met with miracles. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. And I think that what I want to celebrate in this moment with fathers is that they are fathers of faith. Fathers have faith. I know for my father, I know for the father of my kids, he loves, they love the mystery in life. They love mystery and they love adventure, okay? My husband likes to go camping. And we're having a camping trip, by the way, in July, a church-wide camping trip, so come, little plug. But my husband loves to go camping, but when he wants to go camping, he wants to take a blanket and a machete. 
And that is it. And I hate that so bad. I am like, okay, we're gonna die because a bear's gonna come, but apparently you're gonna kill him with your machete or something. I don't know. I want a tent, I want an air mattress. It'd be really nice to plug in my cell phone. You know, I'm a glamping girl a little bit, but I, I mean, I'm not even asking for much. A tent, okay? I don't just want, I mean, I don't just want a machete and a blanket, okay? Like that's like real camping to him. And uh, so I, as, as I think about dads, I try not to shut down the faith in fathers. I don't want to shut down the faith, the mystery, the adventure. A blanket and a machete just calls for an adventure for my husband. But I tell you what, today we celebrate you dads. We celebrate the faith inside of you. We celebrate that, we see that, we notice that. And it is impacting your children, your wives, your church, yeah. your neighborhood. Your faith is impacting. I wanna close with this story. Uh, my dad was a fighter and he had faith and he had feelings. And, and, and to illustrate that, I gotta tell you this story. I was actually adopted from India. Some of you know this story. But I was adopted from India when I was three years old, and almost four. And my sister and I both were in India, and my mom and dad decided they wanted to adopt internationally from India. And uh, they, so they started the process, they were pumped, they were excited, and it ended up taking year after year after year for this adoption to go through. Altogether, from start to finish, it took four years. Every birthday went by for us, and we were still in India, and they were still in Kansas. Every Christmas went by. Every holiday went by. And, and they were missing out on their girls. Because we were their girls, even though we were over there. And my dad, my dad, by the end of it, I tell you what, he, they were criticized. They were, they, they were criticized by the church. The church said, hey, you guys, this, is not, this can't be God's will anymore for you to have these girls. It's taking a toll on your family. You're running out of money. But you know what, my dad and my mom, they continued to put their reputation on the line. And by the end of it, they had enough money for one plane ticket. And you know who went? My dad sent my mom. Because us girls had been in orphanages only with women who took care of us. We had never experienced a male father figure in our lives. And so for my dad to have come and shown up as this white guy dad in middle of India, that would have scared me half to death. I was three years old. And, uh, but instead, he sent my mom. And can you imagine what that must have been like? He put my mom on a plane. My mom was ready to go. She goes, my dad just sits there. He waits for a couple weeks for my mom to come home with his girls, his girls that he fought for, that he had faith for, that he had strong feelings for. And, and when we got home, we weren't ready for a dad right away, right? That was a little bit hard for us. And so my dad, he didn't just throw himself on us. He, he just, he was patient. He was patient because he knew we needed a little time to warm up to, to all that had just happened for us in that moment. And I share that story with you because, listen, your heavenly father, 
Maybe today you say, Amrita, my dad, that, that's, not, that's, that's non-existent. That's a hard thing for me. But I want to tell you today that your heavenly father fights for you. He cares for you. He has strong feelings for you. He, Jesus said, your son will live. And I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is offering you life as well. Your heavenly father cares about you. And so I share that story about my dad because I believe that my dad had 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 was just he just understood the heavenly father you know and today as you think about father's day i want you to celebrate the dads around you and i want you to realize that your heavenly father loves you and he cares for you no matter what situation no matter what situ father situation you had in your life amen so i'm gonna pray i want to pray for you i want to celebrate dads today i want to pray for your heart and I want today to be a, a special day, a day that marks you because you remember that God the Father, he's the perfect representation of a dad. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the dads in the room this morning. I thank you, Jesus, that the, there are dads here that are fighters, that are filled with faith, that have strong feelings, Jesus. We're impacted by the dads in our community, by the dads in our neighborhood, by the dads in our household. And Lord, I thank you for being the perfect heavenly father. And I pray this morning for all those who may be hurting on a day like today, that Jesus, you would so love them the way that a father loves his children. We thank you, Jesus, for this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your great love, and we celebrate dads today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, hey, before I get off the stage, I know that maybe not everybody here is familiar with this so wonderful Heavenly Father with the one who sent his son, Jesus, who healed this boy. And so I want to tell you this morning that I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus, to surrender your life to him. And so I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to bow our heads here in just a second. I'm going to ask you, if you've never accepted Jesus into your life, to on the count of three, all eyes will be closed, all heads will be bowed, to raise your hand. And I'm going to pray with you this morning to surrender your life to Jesus. Hey, how cool would it be to surrender your life to Jesus 2019 on Father's Day, right? So let's bow our heads one more time. And I'm just going to count to three. If that's you this morning, you want to surrender your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. You can just lift that hand up real high so I can see. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus this morning. Awesome. Well, let's pray this prayer together. This prayer is going to go on the screen. And let's just pray it out loud all together as you surrender your life to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. 
I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Can we give it up for Jesus this morning?